does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Bonnie in the house. I love that intro. That's the voice of my co-producer, he is Ryan Treasure, the VP of Broadcast Operations at VoiceAmericaRadio.com and World Talk Radio. So let's see what the buzz is today. This is our prediction special, part three. I had 12 visionaries on two weeks ago, 12 last week, and now we're going to round out this part of the 2019 wrap-up, and then we're going to have a couple more prediction specials in January. So let's see what the buzz is. I always have a buzz quote. This is from David Bowie. David Robert Jones was his name, 1947 to 2016 left us way too early. English songwriter, singer, and actor, leading figure in the music industry, considered one of the most influential musicians of the whole 20th century. Here's the quote. Listen up. Tomorrow belongs to those who can hear it coming. What a great quote because we're on the radio. So let me tell our listeners around the world, if you're hoping to gaze into a magical crystal ball to see what 2020 holds for your company, your career, your life, your industry, the world, it gets bigger and bigger. We've got the next best thing. Live today, and it's Wednesday, December 18th, and on January 8th and 15th, entering the new year, Plus, on demand from December 4th and 11th, we're bringing you predictions from 60, that's Zig Zero thought leaders, covering the exciting technologies, the strategies, the trends that can help your business grow and compete better in 2020 and beyond. And who doesn't love that? So pour a cup of Joe, Earl, or an early bottle of Dom if you've got it open, and join us for Technology Revolution, the future of now, 2020 crystal ball predictions. And let's make 2020 our best year ever. So I will have four sets of three panelists each. And let me tell you about the first segment. Delighted to have these three gentlemen on. First up, we'll be hearing in a moment from Timo Elliott, Senior Director and Global Innovation Evangelist for SAP. He has presented to IT and business offices in over 40 countries around the world, explaining the business impacts of new technology. And he blogs on Forbes, ZDNet, and TimoElliott.com. That's two L's and two T's in Timo Elliott. There you go. Joining him is Mark Albrecht, Vice President, Global Head of Innovation at Intelligence. AG. Mark is responsible for the adoption and deployment of the latest SAP technologies and innovations into the worldwide organization of intelligence and NTT data. And he's a member of the Global NTT Data R&D CTO Committee. That's a long name. And rounding out the panelist, Kai Richter. He's chief designer at SAP, responsible for SAP Fiori, the design system for SAP suite of enterprise applications. He has a degree in psychology, just like me, Kai, and it helps him understand cognitive and sensory processes in the interaction with software and how to set design for them. Welcome, gentlemen. Timo, we're on the clock. Three and a half minutes. What are you predicting for 2020? And welcome, Timo. Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Uh, Prediction number one, we'll see a shift from talking about the power of artificial intelligence to the power of human intelligence. In the computing industry, we tend to think about people as simple users of IT systems. But that's a mistake. Human beings are without doubt the most powerful intelligent technology that we have available. Artificial intelligence, incredibly powerful, but it's still mostly glorified patent matching. When you're trying to innovate Mm. in business, 
most important thing to know is what's actually important. And thank goodness, that's an area where algorithms will never rival human beings. To fully leverage human intelligence, we need to do a better job of listening to human feedback. We need to gather what's called X data, experience data. That's the emotions, opinions, expectations of people. Now, up until now, it's been really hard to gather and analyze that kind of information at scale, but new technology is making it easier to use this X data to optimize every process that matters in today's organizations. Prediction number two. It's the start of a golden age for small and medium-sized businesses. Mm. Thanks to the cloud for perhaps the first time in history. Say a five-person company can now access exactly the same computing power as a company like GE or Unilever on demand at a reasonable price. So you no longer have to be a big company to have big ideas. Small organizations have some huge advantages. They're much closer to their customers and customer needs in a world where customer centricity is now the number one differentiator. And in a fast-changing world, small organizations are naturally more agile and adaptable. The figures already show that small and medium-sized businesses are growing faster than their larger colleagues, and I expect this growth to accelerate in 2020. Prediction number three, the growth of team AI. Most of the discussion Mm -hmm. about the power of AI in business Mm -hmm. until now has been about using individual algorithms as part of business processes. But the future will be about teams of algorithms working both collaboratively and competitively. We're already seeing the impact of this in a whole bunch of different areas. Deep fakes, for example, are created using what's called GANs, Generative Adversarial Networks. You have one set of algorithms trying to create fake images, another set of algorithms trying to detect fake images. You let them fight it out over a few thousand iterations And the result is something that is almost indistinguishable from reality. Or autonomous vehicles. NVIDIA is working on something called the safety shield. The idea is that each car uses an algorithm where you're driving, and it talks to algorithms in the other cars around you, and the result is you're virtually guaranteed that there will never be a serious accident. So in 2020, we'll start seeing this become reality in other areas of business. For example, algorithms designed for different parts of a business along a supply chain in order to continuously recalibrate everything when faced with disruptions. So there you go, my three predictions. One, increasing power of human intelligence. Two, golden age for small businesses. And three, team AI. Thank you, Timo. Always exciting to hear your prediction. I could listen to you for hours, I have to tell you. Thank you. Hang tight. Mark J. Albrecht at iTelligence. You're up next. Three and a half minutes. Mark, what do you see in the crystal ball? Uh, so the crystal ball is wonderful, especially if we are talking about a new decade, which starts next year. And mm-hmm. what we have seen in the last decade is uh, that a lot of new innovations, uh, talking about artificial intelligence, IoT, connectivity, hyperscalers uh, showing up on the market. What we will see in 2020 and in the next decade uh, is simply that they're all working hand in hand together. Um, so I, I see a massive trend and uh, a massive transformation that really the artificial intelligence in combination with chatbots and the user experience in combination with hyperscalers will massively go up. Um, imagine you are sitting on a call, you are dialing somewhere in a service center, and the waiting time is zero. That would be tremendously changed what we are seeing, what I am seeing, where artificial intelligence, uh, artificial chatbots, we really make a difference for us. 
And having got that one connected to all of the existing data, um, that would be the perfect world for all of us. At the moment, the majority of the data which we are seeing in the different industries and the different customer uh, situations are staying in various silos. They are not connected solidly together. And they are more and more coming in simply as the oil of data uh, is growing more and more. So the cleverness uh, is really showing up to bring them in easily connecting, uh, connection and making sure that we can reach the data from the business level up down to the shop floor level. So it's really having out on the business level side, having got a vertical integration from the top level to the shop floor level and really making sure um, that the data are used in a sensitive way. That can only live with a solid security concept behind it. And then mm -hmm. artificial intelligence comes into on another side. At the moment, we are looking point-to-point -point security situations. What we will see is that we have got AI components bringing meaningful data together and can analyze by themselves if something like a sensor data is attacked and the other data are not attacked or something with the human being is not working in the way we all predicting it. So that is something where all the technologies now coming more and more together and they will extremely integrated. And what we already had heard over the last couple of years as well, the user experience will massively change. So we all have got a certain kind of experience level on our, from our private life. That private life will transfer into the business life, and we all have got a different set of user experience. That's one, the front-end design, but on the other end, the data collection we are taking on every single entry point with the experience data we try to collect from our customers um, is coming as a game-changer in. It's massive uh, um, reality that already customers who are analyzing the customer behavior and the customer data have got a larger footprint in the market and a faster growth rate than their competitors are. So let's bring all the technologies together and really combine it with the experience level of the users as we as people making the difference in the technology world. Thank you, Mark. Great appreciation to you. Wonderful. Kai Richter, you're up next. Three and a half minutes. What's happening with the design world if that's where your predictions are focused? Go ahead, Kai. You bet. Yes, I'm talking about the design world. And I think um, as design is growing up at a, at a fast pace, we see a lot of tools coming up. And what is now missing is really the tool support for the end-to-end -end, um, delivery of design systems from the concept phase to the rollout to customers and users. So we see Sketch, we see Envision, we see Figma and all those tools getting building out the whole tool chain. And I think next year we will see the fierce competition between those tools to get the first end-to-end -to -end tool chain out and established mm. in the design world. This will help us accelerate and make design production much easier, cheaper, and more reliable also for the development teams. The second prediction, I think we will see, as we heard also before, uh, the AI is taking part of our experience quite a bit. Conversational AI is a way how we can drive the experience along our intents rather than along predefined user experiences. And we will see this blending more and more into our classical user experiences that are based on graphical user interfaces. So we will be able to extend and deviate from the predefined flows into intent-driven interactions where we can pull in the information that we need at the point where we are. And finally, I'm really curious how we will see um, all those renderings and AI-based generation of content as we nowadays, if we see images in journals and illustrations, wherever, we, we cannot be sure that this has ever existed or whether they just exist in, in a, on a hard drive on a, or in a cloud. 
Um, and maybe this content will more and more also go into our user experience where we will see content that decorate the UI, that generate content, information, visualizations on the go and in ways we, we don't even know about. So I'm really curious how those people that play around with those technologies will generate this kind of information for us. So this is something I'm looking forward and I'm really ex excited to see what people will come up with. Thank you very much, all three of you. Very good kickoff to the show. Let's quickly ask you what's going to be in your cup, your mug, your stein, your flute, your bottle, your punch bowl on New Year's Eve or Christmas Day. Timo Elliott, what's your favorite holiday beverage? Uh, so legend has it that 326 years ago, on my birthday, August the 1st, 4th, a Benedictine monk had a happy accident that resulted in a drink he called, uh, like, drinking the stars. I live in Paris, France, as you know, and of course, that monk was Don Perignon, and I will enjoy a glass of champagne over the festive season. <laughs> Bubbly up. Here we go. Mark Albrecht, what are you going to be drinking? Uh, so on the New Year's Eve, I've got two drinks which I'm taking. So the first one is simply to, to, to do a huge toast with my family and my friends, with all whom I'm celebrating together with a, a glass of champagne. And immediately after, I'm taking a fresh new cold beer to come down to reality and celebrate the kickstart into 2020. Very nice. And by the way, Timo, you said it's your birthday. Happy, 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 happy. Feliz anniversary. Which is why your anniversary? I missed that. And Kai, what are you going to be drinking for the holiday? Anything exciting? Of course, Christmas is the time of the Christmas markets, and there I enjoy the Swedish hot red wine with raisins Ooh. and almonds it's called Glück. Oh, that sounds good. I'll have to take a look at that. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great holiday. We're going to move on. I have a, an ad from our newest sponsor here on Technology Revolution, the future of now. And while I'm doing this ad, my trusty engineer, Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire, is going to get the next three guests ready for me to talk to. So let me tell you, my favorite part about the holidays, other than getting to talk with these wonderful visionaries on today's show, my favorite part is reconnecting with family. And I think it's the same for a lot of you around the world. I love swapping stories. Stories. I love reliving moments together, finding out what everybody's been up to. Families are busy, but keeping those memories alive can be difficult. And that's why I'm giving my family the most meaningful gift this year. It's StoryWorth. I'll spell that for you. S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H with a capital W in the middle. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives through thought-provoking questions about their memories and their personal thoughts. Find out who they really are. Here's what I love about StoryWorth. It helps you bond with your family. It bridges that geographic distance by providing lively discussion topics online. That's the key. It helps you preserve memories, pass family treasures on to your children and their future families. You can invite an unlimited number of people to receive the stories put together by your loved ones. You can discover family history, learn about your relatives, things you didn't know. The weekly questions sent by StoryWorth elicit entertaining, surprising, and very often very moving responses. And here's the best part. You get a keepsake book. After one year, your loved one's stories and the pictures they upload will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. That's a real book, and shipping is free. I read a sample book on StoryWorth's website. I cried. I felt like I knew this man and his family, and I could have sat down over dinner or a drink with them and just been friends with them. The stories were wonderful. So here's the call to action. Preserve and pass on your family's memories with StoryWorth, the most meaningful gift for your family and mine. Sign up today at storyworth.com slash 
TechRev, that's T-E-C-H-R-E-V, that's short for our show, Technology Revolution. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. That's right, $20 off. What a great gift. StoryWorth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. For $20 off, your family will love you even more. And that's our sponsor for today. And now we're ready for our second segment. I have three more visionaries. Who are ready? We got a little echo on there, Aaron. I'm going to welcome in a minute. Let me tell you who they are. First up, Kenneth Shark. Kenny Shark is his middle name. He's vice president of marketing and digital strategy with the AI Media Group, and he's the host of A Shark's Perspective, a nationally recognized podcast with the who's who of subject matter experts. That's what we have here on TechRev, also Kenneth and thought leaders in marketing. Joining him in this segment is Nicholas Whittall. Nicholas is a managing director with Accenture Strategy, Talent, and Organization. He's helped to design new business models that leverage technology to expand the concept of the workforce. And he has used data to predict where the biggest disruption to the workforce might occur. He leads Accenture's future workforce practice globally. And rounding out this segment, Rubens Costa, connected lighting business leader at Philips Lighting Signify. He is a global business development and sales leader. He's known in the connected street lighting industry as a strategic thinker with effective leadership. Welcome, gentlemen. Kenneth Kinney, three and a half minutes. What are you predicting for 2020? Talk to me. Well, well, my crystal ball is actually just a magic eight ball, but let me see what I can come up with here for you. So <laughs> number one, let's start with voice and audio. Audio is not just voice and voice search anymore. It will emerge as something new, not just that we're talking about anymore, but we'll start seeing brands take more of an audio strategy that's focused really more on activation. There have been a lot of companies who looked at this for years and years. However, that will be recognized by a much greater share of companies, finally. We've seen over the recent past where companies have begun a real focus with voice search on Alexa, Siri, and Google Home. But I believe we'll see more focus on leveraging other components of audio that can be leveraged to drive sales and lead gen, not just as something new. That could be leveraging blog content, corporate podcasts, whatever that might be. But it will be recognized outside of just people ordering or reordering from Amazon. It may lead to more research of content that ultimately leads to a dialogue on a company's website to buy an item as opposed to simply going to Amazon to purchase it. We're not there yet, but as consumer habits change in the way we do research to solve problems prior to buying something, that could emerge as a real tactic. Call intelligence will play a substantial role as well as AI and machine learning becomes more and more important. One side note, I believe, is that we'll also see a focus in the U.S. with audio on other languages, especially Spanish. We see that to some degree now, but it'll be only slightly behind where we go with English. Number two, data, data, and more data. Good, bad, or ugly, we're in a much heavier data-focused world than we've ever been, and that's only going to continue to grow. CCPA will be front and center in everyone's minds, but it'll also be a very clunkier with how we look at data and measurement, especially as we roll out other states and how they look at that. Now, that may not change in a election year, but as far as the rest of the country goes, it's going to be a little bit of a clunky one. So I think as much as what we'd all love to see here, and I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing what a French writer and poet once said, hope is just a wish without a plan. So we're going to need a renewed push 
for all of us and all corporations to help police the use of data socially and in a more ethical way. The more amount of data that we're consuming now is continuing to grow, but we're starting to see more brands be able to leverage that data. And I agree with a previous predictor that smaller companies will now start to leverage that data a lot more than they used to in a more sophisticated manner. Finally, this is as a hope as much as it is a prediction. We'll start seeing a heavier focus on the alignment and omni-channel approach to campaigns, messaging, and advertising, which will also shift how important measurement and attribution is and how we study the customer journey. That should help a lot of marketers stop looking so much at last click, which may hurt Google, but we'll see more of a push as well in connected TV and how that plays to part of the consumer journey, especially as it can be tracked more easily than other forms of TV. When we see how TV and video have evolved and how viewers consume content, especially as, especially as we go towards larger bandwidth capabilities, we'll start seeing a much faster consumption of this kind of data. We'll see changes in search, social, and other media, but looking at a less confused approach to drive growth will really help with that alignment. And a fourth prediction real quickly, more people are going to be listening to the Bonnie Graham Show. <laughs> Bonnie D, Bonnie D. Thank you, Shark. I appreciate that. We can swim in the waters with you anytime. Nicholas Whittle at Accenture. You're up next. Predict. Go ahead, Nicholas. Good day, Bonnie. So my prediction is uh, focused on the people that make up the important elements of every company. And my prediction is that companies are going to focus on new needs and a digital twist to existing needs as a result of us moving into this post-digital era. So a couple of thoughts around some of the new needs that are emerging. Number one, digital wellness. When you consider that the physical boundaries are beginning to disappear Companies are risking that work culture becoming 24-7. There's some really interesting work that uh, clients are doing. Daimler is uh, testing out actually having your emails deleted when you're on vacation and you come back to an inbox which has zero new emails in it. How great would that be? Um, but this digital wellness is becoming critical aspect of cultural shifts that organizations are starting to consider. Benefits becoming hyper-personalized and portable. You think of the digital economy, you think of the gig workforce and how portable work has become. The benefits process and system needs to catch up with how portable work has become to ensure that there is a safety net for workers going forward. Uh, third, transparency and trust. Uh, Warby Parker is uh, actually testing out some innovative ways to involve their people in not only shaping the strategy of the organization, but voting on the types of big initiatives and projects that Warby Parker is going to actually bite off on. And lastly, relevance. As digital technologies continue to drive this shift in tasks from humans to machines, the importance of people reskilling themselves and new skilling themselves for the future of work is becoming more critical today than it's ever been. We believe that the, the end of a job doesn't need to mean the end of employment, but that requires mm-hmm. an investment in your people and a longer-term horizon on the skills needed to, to stay gainfully employed long-term. So, Bonnie, those are my four predictions. I believe that the focus of 2020 is going to start to shift to the people and how to attract and retain top talent in the midst of the technology disruptions many organizations are leading into. Thank you, Nicholas. Wonderful as always. Rubens Costa at Philips Lighting Signify. Rubens, three and a half minutes. Talk to me. What do you predict? What do you see? 
Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning from L.A., California. It's a pleasure to be back in your show. Thank you. Um, Bonnie, I, I, got, I got a couple predictions related to Smart City Vision and one related to sports. To Smart okay. City Vision, uh, <laughs> imagine in 2020, the city lights are going to interact more with the communities. Cities found out that the infrastructure to get closer to the community is available to them, the street lights. Imagine now the street lights with the ability to communicate using cell phone service. The mm-hmm. same street mm-hmm. lights with ability to connect sensors. Now for 2020, I expect those lights to be able to read road condition. If you have flooded, light, flooded streets, if mm-hmm. you have snow on the street or ice on the bridge, you also will have the ability to predict or to sense for crosswalking. So when people approach at night to do a, a to go and cross the street, the light will enhance and give better visibility to uh, to the cars driving by. So with this way, you impact the city in terms of community. You also impact the city in terms of safety. Very interesting technologies being available to the cities now. The second one that I expect to happen also in 2020 is the ability for the city to interact with the citizens through lighting some buildings, facades, and bridges. This is already taking place uh, across several uh, parts in the world. You see the London Eye, you see the Empire State, but for 2020, what is going to take place is now the city are learning how to use the social media to communicate that type of lighting. So people that are seeing the lighting, seeing this facade, seeing these icons in the city, they are posting on social media. They are talking on social media. Now what is taking place is the intelligence is collecting that data and be able to feedback on the type of lighting and creating events, events that we will attract tourists, events that will create new business for the city and impact in areas that require renovation, that require revitalization. Very interesting technology that will be coming to fruition in 2020 as well. Then my final one, I would say, is related to sports. Um, as you know, I'm Brazilian and I have a passion for soccer, the other football. So for this year, I expect, this coming year, I expect Flamengo, a, flame, a famous team out of Rio de Janeiro to become the FIFA Club World Cup champion, beating Liverpool on the final. That's my prediction. That, and you said their name is the the uh, the flamingos. You said, yes, flamingo out of I have, Rio de Janeiro, I to, Brazil. I have to tell you, I've been binge watching a TV series from a couple of years ago on Netflix called Lilyhammer about a New York gangster mafia guy who goes in witness <laughs> protection and ends up in Norway, and he opens a nightclub, and it's called. The flamingo. I just have to tell you. Oh, that. <laughs> you can take you can take a look. Anyway, thank you very much. Let's find out what you're all going to be drinking over the holidays, either Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, or New Year's Eve. So what's going to be in your cup, your mug, your stein, your glass, your flute, your bottle, your punch bowl, your thermos? Go ahead. Kenneth Kenny, what are you drinking for the holiday? Well, I'm going to be on a dive that week, so whatever IPA is at the bars in Florida nearby where I'm diving will work. If they don't have an IPA, then for my Brazilian friend, I'm going to look for a caipirinha because uh, tenho saudade do Brasil. <laughs> oh, that! what kind of diving do you do, Kenneth? What do you dive for? Scuba diving. I'm usually swimming with sharks. 
Very, very nice. I'll, I'll introduce you to a friend of mine. Uh, okay, I'll introduce you to a friend of mine who uh, who dives off of Cozumel and has a, a, a rentable beachfront condo there, and he writes a lot of books about that, and he's a great underwater photographer. I think you'd like to meet him. Nicholas Whittle, what yeah. are you going to be drinking for the holiday? Well, Bonnie, I'm sitting in Minneapolis today, and the temperature is so, uh, similar to one of your previous uh, guests on the first segment, I think I'm going to go for some warm glühwein and just mm. uh, warm the cockles of the heart and uh, enjoy nestling together with the family. I like the word nestle, and I like the idea of warming the cockles of the heart. Thank you. <laughs> Rubens Costa, what are you going to be drinking over the holiday? Uh, Mr. F- uh, Kenny already opened my favorite drink, I guess. Uh, my favorite drink will be caipirinha. It is very uh, a br- typical Brazilian drink, and I really enjoy because it, it requires more than one person to prepare, and that is the whole spirit of my uh, holidays. It's going to be together with the family and drink some caipirinha, a Brazilian drink. I love the idea of a drink as an experience. That's great. You got to put that into. You got to subscribe to Storyworth, and you got to put that into your book. Thank you, the three of you. I really appreciate it. Wishing you all the best. Let's connect again in 2020. Kenneth Kinney, Happy Holidays. Nicholas Whittle, Happy Holidays. Rubens V Costa, Happy Holidays. And we're going to Thank say you. goodbye to them. Thank you, gentlemen. And we're going to welcome our next three panelists. No, I'm not even taking a break because we just want to fill this with predictions. I wish I had the bells to shake here. Now up in in this segment, I have three more visionaries. Let me tell you who they are, and then we'll hear from them. So first up in a moment, we're going to be hearing from Juliana Stan Campiano. She's the CEO of Oxygen. She is the author of a book named Radical Outcomes, How to Create Extraordinary Teams That Get Tangible Results, published by Wiley this past January. And she has developed a unique perspective of modern enablement that spans effective hiring, end-to-end onboarding, and ongoing development that fits into the flow of work. Joining Juliana is Jessica Groupman, an industry analyst and founding partner at Kaleido Insights, that's K-E-L-E-I-D-O, a research and advisory firm where she leads the automation practice and specializes in all the good stuff, AI, blockchain, Internet of Things, and cultural dynamics influencing adoption. Jessica was included in Analytica's list of the 100 most influential thought leaders in IoT, bravo. And rounding out the segment is Matt Jennings. Matt is the global VP for Intelligent Enterprise Solutions at SAP. He leads a global team of professionals who drive global go-to-market initiatives that help organizations with innovation and digital technology solutions leveraging IoT, there's Internet of Things, machine learning, artificial intelligence, blockchain, analytics, and big data to create new business models and redefine business processes. Welcome to the three of you. Juliana, you're up first. I'm giving you three and a half minutes. What do you see for 2020? Go ahead, Juliana Stan Campiano. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's great to be back with you, Bonnie. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna err more on the people side of things, and it was great mm-hmm. to hear some of what other people were saying. I think that in 2020, we are going to see um, a bit of a switch uh, of people where there's so much knowledge on the market these days, and there's so much content that you can consume, but we're not seeing that translate into skills from a workforce perspective. And I think that we're going to be doubling down more on how do you actually get the skills um, into your people and for them to actually be actioning it versus just knowing about stuff. Um, And I think this is something that kind of snuck up on us 
um, with the proliferation of the internet and so much open source content versus how, you know, we previously consumed content, which was in a more controlled environment. And now you can go out and look up anything and have knowledge on anything, but the actual application of that knowledge is where we're going to be seeing um, more of the money go to in order to help our people, in order to help push businesses forward. So I think that's one of the really big things that we're seeing and talking a lot about with our our customers today. And it, it seems to be coming more and more forefront of mind of the how do we actually get the skills um, embedded in the people. So I think that's one of the things that we're seeing for this next year. Um, the other thing I would say that we're seeing is this continuation of um, no longer can an individual really be able to drive things forward on their own because of the pace of business today and the um, forming and the uh, and getting teams into a place of that real high performance is going to become more and more critical in order to keep up with the pace of where things are going. Um, and so, again, we've, we've seen and historically it's been a lot about key individuals and key performance performers, and I think we're going to see an emphasis on teams and the creation of stronger and stronger teams moving into 2020, and how do we form that? How do we keep it up, and how do we sustain those types of teams, which I think is more and more critical uh, for business moving forward? And then the last thing that I'll say is, is on the technology side, in the space that I'm in, which is sales enablement and the learning side, we continue to see a lot of new technology hitting the space. And I think in 2020, we're going to continue to see that. And people have been talking about when are things going to start forming and like consolidation happening. And I don't think we're going to see any of that in 2020. I think we're still seeing the innovation happening and more and more stuff coming onto the market before we'll see any consolidation in the years post that. So that that's where my head's at and the things that I wanted to share. Thank you very much, Juliana. Let's move around the table to Jessica Grubman. Welcome back, Jessica. I've got three and a half minutes with your name on them. Go ahead and predict. All right. Thank you, Bonnie, and hello, everyone. It's great to be back on the show. Thank you. Um, So here's what we're seeing from Kaleido Insights' perspective. 2020 is going to only accelerate technology companies pushing into healthcare. And by the way, brands, too. I'm going to unpack this a little bit because it might sound a little crazy at the outset, but in many ways... Um, This trend has already started. We've been watching biometrics being collected, uh, data being collected about our bodies with the rise of fitness wearables uh, for many years now. We're now also seeing a a huge market around mobile health applications and, of course, the electrification of all kinds of different medical devices and even surgical devices. Um, This might sound kind of crazy in that uh, healthcare and technology currently today look very different in terms of kind of the the market regulation uh, and the market pace. Uh, But again, we're talking about the tech, big tech uh, is touching billions of users, has greater access to real-time data, has greater access to big data, generally speaking, greater access to big compute, which is increasingly needed to process all that data. Um, It also has greater access to to AI talent, one of the kind of the most coveted um, forms of talent uh, needed to process and and analyze and make sense of, of all these giant data sets. Um, they're also the providers of mobile devices, which increasingly support in-home and remote patient care, 
uh, in many ways or in many applications at a fraction of the cost than we see in clinical environments or traditional environments. Um, this is also, by the way, why we're seeing basically every large tech company investing aggressively in healthcare. Uh, we just mm-hmm. saw Google spend billions on Fitbit, uh, one of Google's huge um, subsidiaries is, is called Calico, and this is squarely focused on, uh, well, longevity, uh, living much longer than we live today, shall we say. We've seen partnerships with the Mayo Clinic, uh, focuses on all kinds of different, uh, you know, illnesses and diseases from diabetes to COPD, uh, their whole Verily Life Sciences. Amazon, just, let, just this past month, launches, uh, launched Transcribe Medical, which is a voice transcription AI with, by the way, built-in HIPAA compliance. Uh, it's not hard to imagine Alexa being the interface for this, both in, in healthcare environments as well as in the home for that inpatient care application I mentioned. Uh, Apple Watch has mm-hmm. uh, patents on heart rate sensors, all kinds of different uh, examples here. Uh, from Samsung, from Microsoft, from Philips, uh, all kinds of different acquisitions that we're seeing. And in many ways, I think this will actually start in the wellness space before we get into kind of traditional healthcare. And this is where we're also seeing brands step in. We've seen a huge rise in mindfulness apps, in personalized diets, uh, in personalized fitness. This uh, accounts for a $3 trillion industry over the next five years. Um, we're also seeing this, one of the other panelists mentioned, uh, a rise in, in wellness programs in the enterprise sense, in HR programs, especially to retain that talent. Uh, all of these are an interconnected trend that we see only accelerating in 2020. And while we hope that our economy continues at, at, at a good pace, uh, in a down market, that's absolutely when we will see families losing healthcare coverage, turning to devices, turning to lower cost solutions, uh, and certainly technology companies are there and very happy to continue collecting uh, very big, intimate healthcare data, hopefully to improve the lives of millions. Thank you, Jessica. Wonderful predictions. Very healthy predictions. Matt Jennings, welcome back. Matt, I've got three and a half minutes for you. What do you see in the future for 2020? Great, Bonnie. Happy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you again. My pleasure. Um, similar to, uh, to Jessica, I see a large advancement in AI as we look at you know the environments of us all producing data, the cloud environments where multiple data sets are available to us, either large or small, individualized or across the enterprise. Uh, the ability to write algorithms in a more precise manner to be highly predictive is becoming more and more capable. Um, so if you think about that in a retail environment, uh, to predict the sales, if you think about that in a factory environment, to predict downtime, uptime, maintenance. And certainly, I 100% believe if you look at that uh, in a healthcare environment, you, you can get to the point where you start to predict very precise prescriptions and treatment for the patient, you know, based on their lifestyle, whether it be fitness data, et cetera. So I think all those things uh, come together and really support, you know, analyzing the data in ways that are very specific and precise. I also uh, think that from an IoT perspective, things are just becoming connected. There's just an expectation of that, and that's starting to change some of that thinking as well. And the last component I'll talk about, which is, I think, more mobility uh, in business. I think 5G technology is allowing us all to do more from a mobile perspective, but I also think we're pushing more uh, specialized applications for the individual role or stakeholder down to the mobility device, uh, and that's changing how we look at business as well, and we'll see more of that into 2020. 
Thank you very much. Actually, the three of you were so so concise. We're a little bit ahead of time. So let's talk a little bit about the holidays because my next set of panelists are not quite ready with me yet. So, Juliana, what are you going to be doing for the holiday? I usually ask just what's your favorite holiday beverage, but if you want to tell us a little bit more, time and place where you're going to be, what part of the world, and what your favorite drink is for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Eve. Just talk to me for a minute, Juliana, and then we'll talk to Jessica and then Matt. And by then, my next set will be ready. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. So we are going to be, I'm in Seattle, Washington, in the United States. Um, We're going to be here on Christmas, but then we are leaving just after to go to Durango, Colorado, which is in the southwest of Colorado, um, where I have family and we're going to ski. So that's that's kind of our plans. Um, And then on the drink, I was introduced to something recently that I'd never heard of before. And I plan to drink this over the break because it's a warm, um, it's a warm drink called a blueberry tea. Have you ever heard of it? No. What's in it? Yeah. (laughs) So it is, there's no blueberry in it, but it tastes like blueberry. It's (laughs) crazy. Um, It has that blueberry flavor, but it is, um, so typically... It's a Earl Grey tea mixed with amaretta liqueur and a Grand Marnier orange liqueur. And those things come together and it has this blueberry smell and kind of flavor to it. And it's warm. Well, I love blueberries. I put them in that- I put them in pancakes, waffles, and muffins, and everything you could imagine. Big on blueberries. Appreciate that. Jessica, holiday plans. And drinks. Uh, well, in fact, this this has been a weird year for me because I've I just finished all of my holiday travel. Uh, we did it early this year. I just got back from about a month of both professional and personal travel to the East Coast. I live out in California, uh, but also into Europe. So now it's time to chill. I'm very happy to be back in the Bay Area with our wimpy 50 plus degree temperatures. Uh, mm-hmm. We were just in Finland where it was minus five and freezing cold. Um, <laughs> however, the good news is while in Finland, I discovered glogi, uh, which is glog. I think it's pretty similar to mulled wine, but I plan to make my own now. Uh, although that blueberry tea recipe really caught my ear. I was jotting down what you were saying. Um, so maybe both of those, but absolutely time to relax, uh, stay close to the home and enjoy some glogi. Thank you very much. Sounds delicious to me. And Matt Jennings, where will you be for the holidays and what's going to be in your drinking vessel? Well, as usual in Southern Illinois, my sister uh, hosts the entire family at her house. Um, and by probably a 20-year tradition now, my father and brother and I uh, find a nice bottle of scotch and enjoy it over the holidays. And uh, we can continue that tradition every year. Thank you very much. And you know what? I'll be here in Durham, North Carolina, hoping that we warm up a little bit because I thought I thought this was the warm south when I moved here two years ago. And last night, the temperature went down to 30. We've been down in the mid-20s, and I have a little greenhouse on my porch, and I have to put a heater on at night. But if it's sunny in the morning when I wake up, the greenhouse temperature can be up to 120. So I have to turn off the heater so I don't boil my plants. What can I tell you? Thank you, Juliana Stancampiopo. Stan Campiano. Pleasure to speak with you, Jessica Groupman. Happy holidays, Matt Jennings. Happy holidays, and we're ready for segment four. We're not taking a break because we have three more predictors, and we want to get everything on the table that they have. So let me tell you who's up next. We have Kate Bradley Chernis. Kate has been tweeting about this show for days and posting on LinkedIn. Kate is the founder and CEO of Lately 
L-A-T-E-L-Y, an AI-powered dashboard that is reinventing the marketing process to give individual marketers the power to create and scale smarter, more consistent messaging. And she says, with lately, David's become Goliaths. And Kate has a superhero team she created lately to organize the mess. That's right. Automate repetitive processes. We all hate those. And eliminate the overwhelming feeling every marketer she's ever met has complained about. Joining her on this segment is Tom Raftery, the man who rocks the hat. That's an in-joke, but he always wears a hat in his pictures. Tom is Global VP for SAP, an adjunct professor at the Instituto Internacional San Telmo and a board advisor for several startups. He also is the co-founder of an Irish software development company, a social media consultancy, and co-founder and director of a hyper-energy-efficient data center. And last but, of course, not least, Carrie Brown is back. Carrie is an SAP evangelist and thought leader and VP of Workforce Adoption. She's an international speaker and advisor on the future of work, workforce adoption, change management, and learning. Carrie interacts with diverse global occupational cultures and industries, including many Fortune customers. Welcome. You're going to help us launch the end of the show. So, Kate bradley Jernis, I can't thank you enough for all the promos you've been doing for this show. Kate, I've got three and a half minutes for you. What do you see for 2020? Go. Hey there, Bonnie. I've missed you. It's great to hear your voice. Happy holidays, and uh, thanks for having me on here. Um, Delighted. I'm going to keep it to two, two, um, which I I know is kind of crazy. I'm going to risk it a little bit, but because last week I went to the demo day of a college entrepreneurship program, and I heard 23 pitches which is a lot, right? The majority mm-hmm. of which centered around incredibly noble causes like addressing suicide, racism, discrimination, stress, well-being. I mean, wow, like these kids cared, Bonnie. So impressive to me. Mm-hmm. And most of their um, solutions also included some type of community-driven element as part of their solution. So the idea that together we're better, together we're stronger, right? And ideas not only around crowdsourced data, but crowdsourced support. So leveraging the strength of the network, understanding that the participation of the community was pillar to each of their solutions. So I love this. And that got me thinking about Peloton in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And this new wave of home workout equipment, which is not my area of expertise, but I do go to the gym every day and I go because I'm part of the new wave of home office workers that wears yoga pants all day long because awesome. And uh, the gym really for me is the one thing that gets me out every day, right? I go because of the community. I go for the network. I go to be Mm. together. And my gym is actively expanding its community participation, forming itself as less of a gym, but more of a community center. So Mm. that's one trend I'm going to predict that we'll see more of in 2020. Um, The other one is related. Um, It's because people want to be with other people. Yes, there's times when we just want to focus and have solitude, but we all crave that human connection. We're doing it right now on this show, right? We can't Mm -hmm. live without it, um, and we don't want to, which leads me to the second prediction. So that centers around human engagement via marketing. Not surprised. This is my area of expertise. And specifically, employee advocacy. So for years, I've worked with companies to develop strategies that leveraged employees as part of the game. The idea of how do we get them to market on behalf of the company. And again here, this is leveraging that strength of the network. So now more and more companies are expecting individual employees um, individual employees to participate in brand advocacy via social media. I know everyone on this call um, has had that experience. 
And it's an incredibly smart idea, right? It's the idea that a rising tide lifts all boats and together we're Mm -hmm. stronger. The key, though, is that it must be genuine. So when employees tout the company line and it's disingenuine, we can all smell it. Those are like the worst and most boring social posts, which means it's up to the companies themselves inherently to create a genuine evangelist out of me, out of the employees. So they're going to have to work very hard in 2020 to make sure that their employees don't just like working there, but love it so much that they'll soapbox to the world. Because when it works, forget the rising tide, you get a tsunami. Mm, love it. Thank you, Kate. Love the energy. And again, thank you. I've been following your tweets and the energy is off the charts. <laughs> thank you very much. Tom Raftery waiting patiently. Maybe not so much. Tom, I've got exactly three and a half minutes for you. What do you see in the crystal ball for 2020? Go ahead, Tom Raftery. Hey, Bonnie. How are you doing? Thanks for having me in the show again. Mm-hmm. It's uh, always wonderful to talk to you. Um, thank you. So there are kind of three things that I'm looking at. I'm looking at through a kind of lens of sustainability. Um, the first thing I'll talk about is the energy sector. And there's some huge shift in the energy, trans- energy sector, transition away from fossil fuels and the transition to renewables, and also a, tr- uh, a transition to uh, using lithium-ion batteries as grid-scale storage. Now, this mm. is all being made possible uh, because of economics. Uh, I'd love to say that it was happening because people were worried about the climate, but no, in fact, it's happening because the cost of wind turbines, the cost of solar panels, and the cost of storage have fallen 50%, 80%, and 87% respectively since 2012. Mm. So now, uh, the, these different technologies, the, the uh, renewable energies, are now cheaper than their fossil fuel equivalents. So this makes them compelling for utility companies. In fact, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the chairman and CEO of Next Era Energy, the biggest and most used and most successful utility in the U.S., said that now the renewable plus battery storage combined are cheaper than coal and basically gas and nuclear. So that's that's going to mean a huge shift away from fossil fuels to renewables. The transportation sector is obviously a huge shift, uh, partly because of the 87% reduction in costs of lithium-ion batteries that I talked about. So we're seeing a shift away from fossil fuels again to battery electric vehicles. Uh, This is going to happen increasingly next year, uh, thanks to legislation in the EU around emissions, which means manufacturers of cars in the EU are uh, are being required to reduce the emissions of their vehicles and hence uh, incentivized to build more and sell more electric vehicles, which will bring down the cost even more. And then finally, the last trend that I, I want to talk about is uh, it's a little more out there, I think. It's around food production, because mm. food production today accounts for 13% of total global emissions. It makes the second largest emitter after the energy sector. And a lot of that has to do with the production of meat. So I think in the next year and coming years, we're going to see a huge uptick in the use of what's called clean meat. Now, clean meat is meat that's produced uh, either in bioreactors from stem cells from animals, or it's produced from plant proteins that are converted into meat. And there are several companies involved in this, Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat are two of the better known ones. Uh, But their stock is going way up. Uh, Their sales are increasing year on year. And it's important that more and more of this happened because we need to give back the land that is stolen from biodiversity for agriculture, give it back to biodiversity, and therefore reduce our emissions even more. 
Thank you, Tom. That was a delicious prediction, I hope. Carrie Brown, you're next. Carrie N. Brown, three and a half minutes. That's ju- Well, actually, we got three minutes for you. Talk fast. Go on, Carrie. All right, I can do that. So I think that the predictions for 2020 look at experience and choice. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I'm going to talk first about established talent. So the world has figured out how there's a need to attract, retain, develop, adjust to early talent in order to respond to the change in the demographics in the workforce. So if you look at the numbers, you know, 2005, we had 45% uh, boomers and only 25% millennials with us, Gen Xers in the middle there. 2010, it was 45% still shifting to 35% millennials. We're now at 35% boomers and 45% millennials. By 2020, we're going to be at 50% millennials and only 25% boomers, and in five years, there's going to be 75% millennials, and the boomers will be gone. So my prediction is that the focus for 2020 is going to be an urgent need to focus on the established talent. So the kinds of uh, programs and focus and energy and attention that we've been placing on the early talent, we're now going to need to place on the established talent because they have a lot of choice. And so a phenomenon I just want to share with, I think, the overall workplace at large is when you look at the boomers that are still left in the workplace while they're retiring but not leaving entirely, and the millennials combined, they're making up more than 75% of the workforce. So you have this idealistic high-energy population in the millennials who are looking at where they want to be with an average tenure in work jobs at 2.8 years. And you now have boomers who've been connected to their workforces and to their workplaces based on commitments to high school or college for their kids, and they now have choice and mobility. And so they're looking for the best experience at both ends of the spectrum in their career. Um, Oh, by the way, I'm Gen X. The nickname for us is the Prince Charles generation. We will never be king. We've spent our lives chasing the boomers for 20 years, and the millennials are going to get those jobs in too. On to my second prediction. Got to go fast, Carrie. We've got one minute left for your predictions. Go ahead, one minute. Okay, then I'll just give this one. Reshaping of jobs. I think that we're going to start to see where people are going to do job sharing and job shifting to where you do 25 and 50% of jobs or put people at the end of their careers through job rotations versus just at the start of their career so they can end by mentoring and building a bridge between the established and the new talent. Thank you. Eloquent as always. Kate Bradley Chernis, what do you be drinking for the holiday? Give me one drink fast. What you got? Tequila. It's always in the season. Tequila. There was a song back in my early days. Go find it. Tom Raftery, what's in your cup for the holidays? So uh, I'm a beer drinker, as you know, Bonnie, so I'll be having uh, beer. But on New Year's Eve, I might go for some cava just to round out the night. There you go. Carrie and Bram, what will you be drinking over the holidays? Champagne for sure, along with Timo. I had a blueberry tea for the first time years ago when I thought it was actually just tea, and I'm right on board with that, and I love rum and eggnog. There you go. I love eggnog, too. I might put a little rum in it. Thank you to my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, VP at Voice America World Talk Radio. Thank you to my nerves of steel engineer, the one and only Aaron Keller at Voice America. Thank you to my three panelists who helped me close the show, Kate Bradley-Chernis. Kate, keep up those fantastic tweets. I look forward to seeing what you're tweeting about anything and everything. The energy is off the Twitter sphere. Tom Raftery, keep wearing that hat. Carrie Brown, come back again and again, all of you, in 2020. And I have one more call to action 
And a reminder, preserve and pass on your family memories with StoryWorth, our sponsor today. The most meaningful gift you can give your family. Sign up at StoryWorth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. That's StoryWorth.com slash TechRev. Your family will love you and you'll love them even more. Okay, everybody, all my three panelists say together with me, one, two, three, happy holidays, and then I'll close out the show. One, two, three. Happy, Happy holiday. holiday. I love it. This is our last live show of 2019. We'll be back on January 8th with part four and 12 more predictions. We're rocking it. So remember, everyone, the future of now hasn't happened yet, but it's about to be. So do your part to make it a great one. Bonnie D. Graves signing off. What a great 2019 it's been. Love you all around the world. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.